Hello, ladies and gents. Welcome to another episode of the Baggies broadcast. It is season three, episode 37. My name is Luke Hatfield, and I am joined by West Bromwich Albion reporter from the Express and Star, and now Premier League reporter, Joe Massey. Joe, welcome. Sounds good, doesn't it? I mean, it doesn't sound bad. It doesn't sound bad at all. Do you know what I was doing this time last week? What? Setting off for Huddersfield. Oh, I won't be doing that <laughs> next season. What a, what a contrast, though. What a contrast. Um, amazing, amazing to think. It was about this time last week I was setting off to Huddersfield. Um, so without question, the worst day of the season. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, without a shadow of a doubt, the worst day of the season. And then we can sit in out, record this podcast. I'm in the front room of my house. The sun is shining and West Bromwich Albion in a Premier League. Um, it couldn't be any more different, could it? These two Fridays could not be any more different. It's funny, I tweeted about that. I posted a picture of, of Charlie Austin after Huddersfield and then Charlie Austin after QPR. There was only 120, 120 hours between those photos being taken and the difference is stark. It's mental, isn't it? It's is mental. What? Uh, I mean, look, we can sit here now and I'll be not obviously a Premier League side and I, I, I've got to admit, it has, I did, it has been immensely enjoyable. It's, I know it's been, I know it's, it's been ridiculous demands really on the players. Um, physically, it's been ridiculous. Emotionally as well, they've been absolutely through it. Um, but I mean, I've loved the game every day, to be honest, mate. I mean, it's been, it's been absolutely thrilling, hasn't it? For, for, I mean, I know it's, it's been such a shame fans haven't been able to get to go to the games. But I mean, to have football to watch every single night and to have this roller coaster of emotions just squeezed into such a short amount of time. I mean, we can sit here now and say we've enjoyed it because we've come out on the right side of it, can't we? I mean... Yeah. My God, if I was sat here preparing for the playoffs, I'd be absolutely devastated. But um, it's been a mental, it's been a mental, um, was it 33 days we kept saying at the start? Nine, nine games in 33 days. Um, just an incredible range of emotions in that time. Um, and finally, the, the outcome that, that, everyone, that everyone connected with Albion deserved, which was, which was promotion. And I thoroughly, thoroughly believe that. Seems forever ago, that Blues game, doesn't it? Blues, oh god, it does. It does that nil nil at nil 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 at the Hawthorns. Yeah, it yeah. really does feel like. I mean, it's crazy to think that, uh, that it, it was just a few weeks ago, really. Um, but obviously, so much has happened in that time. Um, yeah, it's been been crazy. But everyone can now just breathe, can't we? We can all breathe and just think. Promotion achieved. I mean, I might as well get into it now, actually, if that's all right. But oh yeah, man, let's let's dive in. Um, we haven't, I haven't really said this yet, but I just wanted to double check really before you make statements like this. But I actually think that that is probably the biggest promotion in Albion's history. Um, yeah, it's, pro- up there. it's probably the most, it's, it's without that. Well, the thing is, we don't know the, fi- the football financial landscape at this moment in time. We don't. Um, and I know, I, I know we're going to get to questions. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of questions about budgets and transfer targets and, and, and all this and the other but there, basically there isn't anyone who doesn't work in football who knows how football is financially at this moment in time I think probably the only person of an Albion persuasion who truly understands it is Mark Jenkins because from what I hear the game has changed forever particularly outside the Premier League Mm. Um, we know how much money is in the Premier League. We know how much money clubs like Man United, Liverpool, Man City generate. Um, but 
I was told yesterday by someone really high profile that the championship is never going to be the same again. Um, and that is a quite a statement. Um, and I think we saw with the reaction on Wednesday night just how much it meant to people. Um, I think there's a real fear that if Albion hadn't have gone up on Wednesday through no fault of their own, they could have been locked in the championship for a very long time. Mm. Because I don't think... They, look, Albion have got one of the biggest budgets in the division this season. I think it's top two. I'm not, I'm not sure. So they were always going to be up there or there, thereabouts, as long as everyone did their jobs properly. But I don't know how long that could continue. Parachute payments would obviously come in next year, but they would be reduced. Um, and uh, I just don't think you can underestimate at a time when every club in the football league is struggling how much of a boost it is to get £170 million in the coffers. It's a boost normally, but I think this year history could show that this could be the most important promotion ever. Um, and I don't think it's drastic to say that. It's, very, it's a very drastic statement, but I genuinely sat in now. I think that's probably the case. Oh yeah, it's absolutely huge, isn't it? And I mean, I think Jake Livermore probably summed it up perfectly, you know, immediately after full-time, which is tough to do. I mean, as a, as a player, you've just played 90 minutes and, you know, you've you've been put through the ringer a little bit. But, I mean, after after full-time, he came out and he said, like, it means everything, but it's not just the players, is it? In, in this current climate and the way COVID has affected everything, there were likely to... I mean, every football club at the moment is struggling and you need to look around... You know, it's especially outside the Premier League to see that teams are struggling, and it's 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 the groundsman, it's it's the it's the tea lady, it's the people who prepare the food, it's the security, it's 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 everyone involved in the club and 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 securing promotion. Not only does it you know give the fans something to cheer about on the pitch, but it gives it gives reason for a lot of people to be a little bit relieved, but also delighted with with the way things have worked out, isn't it? Because if things didn't go their way and Albion were in the playoffs and say they weren't to succeed in the playoffs. There are question marks on the pitch, but there are also question marks behind the scenes. Yeah, and I think, look, I, I, we all know what I think of Jake Livermore. Um, I mean, I, I, I wax lyrical about him basically every single podcast. But, there, but and, and the thing is, there's two reasons why I do that. It's one, because of the performances on the pitch this season, which have been truly outstanding. Um, I mean, I'll never forget that Bristol City performance. It was absolutely remarkable. Mm. Um, and it's because I am obviously in a fortunate position where every now and again I do get to interview him. And I, I always think he comes across so wonderfully well. Um, he's just such a, a fantastic... Talk. He's a leader, isn't he? Jake Livermore, I mean, I say it all, every week, but he is someone... He, 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 he is, he's just a leader. He's just a, you'd follow him anywhere he went. And it was really... I mean, he was incredibly emotional after that interview, uh, the interview he did on Sky. And... It was, I mean, I've, I've watched it and it's just amazing to see it really. Um, and he is the person who has actually opened that door up for, for, to give that information really. I mean, we all know that, we, I mean, I say it time and time again, Albion are a very, very, very well-run club. Mm. Um, they, they got through, the, we were told constantly throughout the whole coronavirus thing that they were going to be able to sort of get through it better than most clubs. They have got through it better than most clubs. They've... Fur, not fur, to furlough anyone really and, and they really have coped expertly but it was, it's clear that 
coronavirus is still having an impact, isn't it, financially? Everything is still ticking on, still ticking on, still ticking on. Every single day there's no fans in the stadium, they're losing more money, and things are only getting worse. Mm. Um, and no one truly knows where it's going to stop, and no one truly knows, when, when they've spoken about it in the past, no one has known how long it's going to go on for. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an evolving situation by the day, if you like. And that was the first time we really saw that Albion aren't, okay, Albion are a fantastically run club. We all kind of take that as a given, um, but they're not going to be exempt from this. If, if maybe people will lose their jobs, maybe there are, there are going to have to be redundancies, maybe there, it does mean that wages are going to have to reduce or that the club aren't going to be able to compete at the top end of the division or, or not, what well, do you know what I mean, be as financially strong to compete, put as much money into the playing budget is what I'm saying and put as much money mm. into transfers. Um, so, and that sort of emotion poured out a Livermore um, because he is such a fantastic bloke and because he cares, he, so, he cares so much about the club and he cares so much about the people around him. And I thought it was, I thought it was a fascinating insight, really. And, and when you think of everything, let's be honest, Albion haven't been great the last four games. Um, <laughs> with, as I wrote in my comment piece, three points from the last four games was not part of the plan. Um, but... It wasn't just the pressure of winning promotion to the Premier League that was on their shoulders. It was, it was. They, I think they believed they were playing to keep people in their jobs. Mm. I think they, and you could see what it meant. To, that's what. That's what it was. I've had the luxury of speaking to Chris Brunt this morning, um, and he basically said exactly the same thing. Um, there was an awful lot on their shoulders, you know, these last four games. Awful lot on their shoulders. Um, and I think when you take that into consideration, obviously it's very easy to say now, having with them having done the job and got to the Premier League. But I think you have to say they coped with it remarkably well in the end. Um, results weren't quite what they wanted, but my God, they did have the weight of the world on their shoulders. They really, really did. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, they didn't. They certainly didn't sprint over the line, did they? Um, but they'd got the job done. Let's talk about the game real quick. I mean, we we kind of talked to it, talked about it in in the post match video, which I'm sure plenty of people have seen. Um, I mean, it doesn't really matter that it was a, a draw at the end of the day. They did what was needed. Um, what were the what were the emotions like? I mean, in the ground because, I mean, I was obviously doing my watch along from home, and I tell you what, like the fans, it was literally like a roller coaster, wasn't it? One minute you're on you're on the way up, you're, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's a chance. I mean, there was one point when when Sky. I think they showed a chance um, at, at Brentford and everyone was on the edge of their seats. I mean, in terms of, oh my God, have they scored? Because why would they show it? Um, and it turned out just to be a missed opportunity, but it was it was absolutely enthralling. Uh, but at the same time, it was almost tor torturous, wasn't it? I mean, the emotions, I've never known anything like it. I've got to be honest. I, I um, yeah, it was, I mean... <laughs> The last 10, 15 minutes when it was 2-2 two -two and, and we knew Brentford were 1-1 and basically one goal could change so much, couldn't it, at that time? Whether mm. Barnsley scored, whether Brentford scored, whether Albion scored, whether QPR scored. Um, and, to, um, and you've got to say, like QPR, <laughs> they got some cracking players. And Easy's goal was out of this world. It, it was absolutely out of this world. I mean, I've got to be honest, because I've been not very professional, but I basically couldn't be bothered to even describe how good it was on Twitter because I was just so demoralised by the fact that he'd actually scored. But I mean, my God, 
what a goal. I mean, his first touch is ridiculous, and his second is just up even better. I mean, it was a, it, it was a, it was a great goal, and the ball wasn't bad either. The ball was a good one, yeah, and he and he, he was playing really well. He's, he he really was. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he knew there were scouts in the stadium. I don't know. Maybe in a dreamland, he's trying to impress Albion. You never know, but. Um, <laughs> They were. He played really, really well, and they were dangerous. And 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 from the moment they set out QPR, um, the game was really open. Um, I can't remember. Was it Millwall they played in their previous game when they won four three? Yeah. I mean that game was incredibly open, and you, you've got to allow. The, there's 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 always twenty two players on the on the on the pitch, as, as ridiculous as it sounds, and, and only eleven of them are yours. You've got to allow the oppo- the opposition are always going to have a massive impact on the game, and that was the same in the whole game as well when. Everyone was like, we're too open, we're too open, we're too open. But Hull were making it open. Um, mm. And QPR were, were making it open as well. Um, it was absolutely crazy. Um, so it was just, it, it could have swung either way. It could have um, in terms of chances. I mean, but the emotion of it, I mean, I, I can't, it's just been absolutely, the emotion of everything has just been absolutely crazy. I mean, I've I got to tell you, my wife has gone absolutely crazy. Um, <laughs> the last couple of days, she has gone absolutely mental. Uh, she doesn't want me to talk about this on the podcast. Um, she told me to say don't, to that I've got to remember that I live with her. So, but um, she's just she. My, my wife's not really been massively into football at all ever, um, mm. and she was absolutely glued to Sky Sports News. She just watched it all. She got she put my kids to bed early, <laughs> and she <laughs> sat there watching Albion on Sky Sports News and then going between the two games and. All we've talked about since is the football. She bought my little girl a kit yesterday. Oh, did she? Yeah, she. W- I was. I was literally sat on my laptop doing the uh, story saying, "Albion have released a new kit." Blah blah blah. My wife comes in. She's like, "There's an hour queue to get on the Albion website," and I was like, "How do you know that?" And she's like, "I'm, I'm on it now, trying to buy a kit." Um, from a little, she's gone mad. She's bought herself a jumper. She's gone. My wife has gone absolutely baggy's mental. I don't, it's absolutely crazy. Mrs. Messi is a baggy. She has a baggy now, and that's just the way it's been the last couple of days. The emotion of it, how tense it's been. You can't not be like swept up in it all. Um, it's just been absolutely crazy. And sitting in that, in, I, I mean, I, I tweeted it was torture. Um, and I, I've got to be honest, last 10, 15 minutes, I was sat there, I, I barely wrote anything. I was just, I had my hand on my head. Like I've got now, funnily enough, I'm just reliving it. And <laughs> you just didn't know what was going to happen. And, and it, if I'm being honest, the whole time I was sat there thinking, please don't throw this away. Um, yeah. Please don't throw it away because it's been such a long time and it's been such a long season and... I mean, I'll just say it now. I, hand, I don't believe they would have gone up in the playoffs. I don't believe... Well, I, think, I think it would have been such a blow for them, wouldn't it? I don't think they would have done it, you know. And I was sat there thinking, this is... This is... It's, it's so all or nothing. It's untrue. Um, and it was just... It was absolute agony. Um, until Barnsley got that goal. And then it was just... That was the point when you could just breathe, really. Um, no, that's it, because then you knew that Brentford needed two and it's added time. I mean, I know Brentford are a good side, but two goals in added time is, is enough is a lot to ask for anyone, isn't it? But that just, I mean, it just... Even even still, I mean, after the whistle went and, out, and we knew what Albion had done and they'd got the draw, you were still sitting there and it's like, please don't, like, don't let there be a Brentford goal just to... 
to make us nervous. Yeah, I mean, it, we, yeah, we, we were basically in Man United Champions League territory, weren't we, with Brentford? Yeah. Um, and I've got to be honest, I did breathe as soon as Barnsley had scored. I thought that was it. Um, I didn't. I didn't ever. For some reason, I don't know why, but I never ever thought Brentford would score two. Mm. Um, and it was at that point we could relax really. Um, and then I mean, I mean, I mean, the moments in the game will live with me forever. They really, really will. I mean, I, I can, I can see myself sat there like basically panicking. I can. I'll never forget Billich literally, practically hauling Carl Bartley to play up front, and then finding out the score and literally go mental in order to get him back in defence. It was just absolutely bizarre. Shouting the score, 2-1 Barnsley, 2-1 Barnsley, 2-1 Barnsley. Um, so obviously these are things you wouldn't hear normally mm. with fans in the stadium. But, I mean, he was going absolutely mad. Um, and then that weird, I mean, I said it on the video, didn't I? That weird two minutes when <laughs> that Albion's game ended and Brentford was still playing... And I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure how when Billich had been screaming and screaming and screaming that it was two-one Barnsley. But there were a couple of Albion players who genuinely thought they'd blown it. I think Darnell Furlong in particular. Mm. Um, he had his head on his hands, and I think Carl Bartley sort of dropped to the floor um, out of sheer. We have blown it, um, and then it sort of they they realised then that what was going on and there was a couple of people on the pitch with their phones and we just waited and waited and waited. I've got to be honest, by that stage I was, I was, I've, I was happy. I thought, that's it, they've done it. They've done it. Brentford aren't going to score two. Um, and then finally someone on the pitch shouted, it's over. Um, and then that was it then, wasn't it? It was just pure euphoria. Um, and I mean, the only thing that could have made, could have made it better was if there were fans in the ground. Yeah, that's the only. Yeah, that's the only. Oh, yeah, that's the only thing that would have made it would have made it better, really. Yeah, uh, a win, a win would have made it better. And so, if it was four nil, and we could have all just chilled out for the oh, last like half. Had the part, yeah, if they were if they're at four nil at half time or three nil, you can have that bit of a party atmosphere. Then you know players will be playing, and QPR aren't going to really be doing much if they're four nil down. And that would have been the nicest way. I tell you what, though, I mean, you said they were you were praying for them not to blow it. I mean. At one point, they're 2-1 up. Uh, they look like they're cruising. Callum Robinson's played through. And oh my God. You think he's got? He's just got to tuck this away. He's one-on-one with the goalkeeper. He's, he's, he's just scored. You'd expect of all people to take a chance and to seal it. Because it would have sealed it, wouldn't it? Two goals. I know I know QPR are capable of scoring. And we saw that with Easy. Um, but that would have sealed it. But even then, you, you saw the nerve. Did the nerves get to him a little bit? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. You'd have to ask him. I mean, it was an absolutely huge chance, wasn't it? I mean, you've got. He isn't a natural striker, is he? The truth is, he is a left winger. Um, he has played up front, and I think he, he's a he's a very he, he'd do a very good job there. Um, for it, if Albion do sign him or wherever he, wherever he plays, I think he did play up front for Sheffield United in the first couple of games of this season. Scored at Chelsea. Um, look, strikers miss chances at the end of the day. I mean, he. It was a huge moment there. There's no doubt about it. And I've got to say, I mean, I've all, I've wanted to see him up front, basically from the moment he signed. Um, yeah. I mean, I just think. I mean, I say it every week, but I do think him, Pereira, and Dean Garner are wonderful footballers. Um, so they're so technically 
that's just so sophisticated. I think they're just wonderful footballers. But I mean, I'm, I've, I can't. I'm, I'm hugely surprised Bilic played him up front in that game. Um, it was a bold team selection in general. It was a very, very, very bold team selection, and to have two players playing in positions they'd never played for the team before, in Dar Roche at left back and Callum Robinson up front, um, it was really, really bold. And when you think what was at stake, I mean, you've got to believe yourself, believe in yourself as a manager, and you've got to believe you're doing the right things and back yourself, which is obviously what Billich did. Um, and it, but it was very, 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 very brave. Um, it really was because if it had gone wrong. It, it would have opened him up to stinging criticism, really. Mm. It was it was massive, wasn't it? And the celebrations, I mean, it, Albion asked fans not to turn up. It's very hard, I think, for supporters not to turn up at the ground with, with something, you know, just so massive for the club. And And it was nice, I think, to see the players embrace that. And, you know, with the situation the way it is, I think it was handled pretty well in terms of, you know, the the fans, you know, mingling with the players. But it was, those celebrations went late on into the night and the next day, I'm sure there were some very, very sore heads. Yeah, and, and it's a difficult one, isn't it? Look, there, there was an outbreak, like a sort of a, a spike, wasn't there, COVID um, mm. before the game in the region and it was very, very, very difficult. But, but put a story out this morning from Billich saying... That's why they do it. I mean, he said he, he was. He gives you quotes that other managers don't give you. That's why. That's why we love him, really. But he said, of course, he's immensely proud. It's great for his career. He's got a promotion on his CV. It's great for his players. They've got a promotion on their CV. They get more money. Um, let's not say that's not important. It is important. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said that seeing people smiling and knowing that you're the reason why they are smiling. That is, a, he said, that's, un, that's unbeatable. He said, you can't beat that feeling. Um, so, I mean, there's been, I mean, he was, he was in this room at the side of the Hawthorns. Uh, but I saw him in there with Darnell Furlong as I was walking out and all the fans were singing the Billich song. And he sort of came over and waved at them and stuff. And mm. it's magical moments. They're magical moments. And do you know what? They don't come along very often in football. Let's be honest. You can support a football team for 50 years, 60 years and... and the bad times far, 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 far outweigh the good. Um, so it's very hard not to celebrate that moment and and to enjoy it the way those fans did. You, you can't blame them. You can't blame them. Uh, no, you certainly can't. And I mean, it's it's hard to look forward now, Joe. But it's something we've kind of got to do because um, Albion, you know, they don't have a, t- a ton of time before you know the Premier League. You know, is beckoning for them. Um, what now for Albion? What now for, for Slavin Bilic? I mean. Where, where does where do they start their preparations? Because I imagine the celebrations are still going on right now. Well, I said I said I spoke to Chris Brunt this morning, and this is obviously Friday, and he, he said he still thinks some of them are still out there now. Um, probably Callum Robinson still in his kit, um, yeah. just going absolutely mad. Um, do, do, do you want? I'm going to give you the most boring answer ever. Are you ready for it? I mean, I'm I'm prepared. I'm I'm. I'm I'm, I'm ready. Prepare everyone for the most boring answer ever when it comes to budgets and transfer speculation. I just think everyone deserves a really good rest. And I'm I say, not, us included? Uh, I'm, I'm uh, shattered. And I know that's not what people want to hear. They want, right, the, everything, like, they want this, that and the other. And look, people like Lou Dowling, Mark Jenkins, they're not, they've still got their phones on them. They're still working. Of course they are. There's not, they're not it's not, football doesn't stop, does it? Um, and they're in jobs where, 
you can't stop because if you do, you get left behind. But I think we saw pictures of Mark Jenkins on Sky Sports during the game. Um, he was sort of up and down, up and down, couldn't really sit still. Um, he was in and out of that box. He was in and out. Um, and I just don't think... We've been on an emotional roller coaster. all of us have, um, the last couple of weeks. But I don't, I don't think we really, truly know... Um, what the likes of Mark Jenkins, Luke Dowling, Slavin Bilic and the players have been for. I think the look on Livermore's face in that post-match interview sort of gave us an indication. Mm. Um, but I just think they've really been through it. They've really, really, really been through it. I do think this will probably turn out to be, as I said at the start, the biggest promotion in Albion's history, the most important promotion in Albion's history, the most important £170 million they'll ever get. Um, and I think, I think they're just everyone. Look, there's only six weeks to the new season. We think that doesn't really matter in terms of time, in terms of transfers and stuff like that, because they had all the lockdown. Mm-hmm. I've, 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 I've written numerous, numerous times that Albion have had two lists of targets: one for whether in the Premier League, one for whether in the Championship. Of course, calls about those things will have been made. Right up until, right, they'll still be being made now. But that's, Billich was asked after the game what happens now. And he said, I do just need, I just need, I, I just need a couple of days, really. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think everyone needs those days. I genuinely, genuinely do. And like I say, they're not going to be left behind. They're still going to take calls, this, that and the other. Of course they are. But I think the most important thing at this moment in time is to just take stock and regroup a little bit and just recover. Um Maybe just chill out and watch the playoffs, knowing that you're not involved in it. Yeah, because it has been apps. It's taken its toll, and it 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 really has taken its toll on them. Um, Billich is always an absolute gentleman, um, but you could see in his presses leading up to the last couple of games, he was getting he's he he was feeling the heat. He was certainly feeling the heat. I think we saw in Albion's performances that the players were feeling the heat. I think we saw by Mark Jenkins' actions in the game, being up and down, he was feeling the heat. Um, <clears throat> so I know everyone wants me to say they're going to sign Carlin Grant tomorrow for 18 million quid and Grady Dean Garner's going to sign the day after um, and this, that and the other. But things will be being worked on, they really will be. And, and there'll be so much in the pipeline and so many plans made already. Um, but I just think for everyone's mental health, really, um, like... It's not football manager. You don't get to click continue and go into the next phase of next season and start buying players. It's just they got they got to breathe. They really have. Yeah, certainly do. Um, and one thing we do know, and one thing Albion did uh, announce um, after, of course, promotion was secured, was a new kit, the new home kit. I mean, what did you make of it, mate? Well, my little girl's getting one. I mean, are you getting one? <laughs> I won't be getting one now. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what it's growing on me it's growing on me is the way to put it at first I was like no Um, I really this is just just me completely personal preference I really really think navy blue and white looks great together I've I've always thought Albin have got a real smart kit Um, Mm. I just think they're great colours I just think navy blue is a really undervalued colour I think in life in general more things should be navy blue Um, (laughs) but yeah, it's growing on me. I, I, I'm definitely like now, I'm definitely at the stage where I like well, At first I was like, mm, but now I'm swinging towards, oh yeah, I like it, I like it. It's always hard to say with a kit until you see 
like in the flesh and like a player wearing it. Yeah. I think like you can always see you can see a picture of a kit like hung up, and it's like, I don't I don't think that kind of picture ever does a kit justice. You need to see you know with a player wearing it. You need to see like Jake Livermore rocking it. I think. Yeah, I mean, this is another boring answer. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to burst your little segment, but I'm not massively interested in kits. A kit's really? a kit. Yeah, I don't give a stuff about kits. Like, I, like, I love a good kit. Yeah, no, nah, it's just not for me, really. I'm just like, whatever, it's top to top. Do you know what I mean? They change every year. Um, but I know people are really passionate about them, so I'm not knocking that. I just... Honestly, it could, it, it could have been anything you know, for me. Do you know what it is with kits? I think people remember the fun time when they see a kit. I think if you have a good kit um and and a good season people always look back on that kit and with with, with fondness you know team like players i mean fans even will look back at this kit this season and they'll see that green and yellow away kit and there's so many great pictures of the players celebrating there's charlie austin at blues there's a there's a ton with like mateus pereira grady dean garner they just seem to score big goals in that green and yellow away kit and and there's some great pictures of it and to be fair it looks incredibly smart I think they've got to stick green and the yellow again in the Premier League. Um, but people will look back at that and it'll bring back fond memories. So if it's if it's a bad kit, and I don't think it is a bad kit, I think the new home kit will look decent. Um, but if it's a bad kit, people look back at it and go, uh, and maybe maybe it just takes a little bit of shine off of it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they got as long as they've got navy blue and white stripes for home and green and yellow away, I, I, I'm happy, mate, to be honest. Um, sorry, pal. I know you want me to go into a big kit analysis, but I've just not got it in me. Don't worry, mate. Don't worry. We'll we'll we'll, we'll analyse the kits um, when we eventually get the chance to do to do a charity football game. With the oh Elmer God, you're Parker. obsessed with this charity football game, aren't you? I'm never letting it go. Yeah. I really want. I really want to play a game eleven v eleven, me versus you. Uh, one set of us in the home kit, one set of us in the away kit. That's what I. Re- that's my dream, and obviously raising money for charity at the same time for the Albion Foundation dream that's the dream for me um we'll, we'll go we'll go and if you don't care about kits that means i get to pick the one i want um shall we shall we get into questions yes let's do it 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 first one comes from local baggies fan who um this is interesting he's quoted his own tweet a question for the last podcast saying have you asked billich about playing robinson as a striker and then he's responded this time saying, is this proof that Slavon Bilic listens to the podcast? This question gets asked and read out on Monday and he then does it on Wednesday. Does Bilic listen to the pod? Um, who knows? Who knows? Uh, I know some of the players do listen to this podcast. You know that as well. We won't go Hello, into- every Albion player tuning in. We won't go into how we know that. Um, that's a story for another time, maybe. Um It'd be a good story when it's told, though. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I've said all along like that. We've well, we both say the same thing, don't we? We've talked about it a few times. And footballers are human beings, and they do have to drive to work and from work and do this, that, and the other. And all I do pretty much in the car is listen to podcasts. So does. I'm sure they're the same, aren't they? And we've said, me and you, that's what I was going to say, me and you always say if we were footballers, we'd read and listen to everything, don't we? Yeah. Um, I think, the, to be honest, I think the footballers who don't read and listen to, well, not listen, but the footballers who don't read everything are missing a trick. Um, and I, I, I know there's a fair few Albion players who do read everything. Um, 
So yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe he does listen. Maybe he does listen. I think uh, he told me the other day that he did. Billich did tell me the other day at a press conference that he does watch our videos. He has watched our videos. Oh, I love the fact that Billich, what, Billich watches our videos. Um, Puts yeah. a bit more pressure on it, but I love the fact that he does. He told me after the one we did at Blackburn. Um, and he did actually say he agreed with everything we said, so I'm just go throw that in there. Just go throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We, at least we speak some sense. That was probably the best something. moment of my life, you know. Yeah. I yeah, do love yeah. my kids, but that was pretty, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ronnie, um, apparently Chelsea do the best food in the Premier League. Uh, I know Joe is a little bit boring in terms of food, but if you get in touch with uh, Moose from TalkSport, he'll put you right. I can't wait for some of the food in the Premier League. Given that, I mean, I'm praying that things have cleared up enough for me to be able to go to games with you when the season starts. I had a message actually earlier from Graham Smith, who is covers Leeds. Yeah. And our careers have sort of been intertwined a little bit. He covered Chesterfield, but I covered like Walsall and stuff. And we've, we've kicked around in the lower leagues together. And he was like, mate, I hope they're serving press food. Because <laughs> obviously, we had, obviously all that stopped at the minute. You don't get fed at games yeah. now. You just, we literally rock up, do the game and leave. Um, hence the reason why I'm doing all my videos in the car and stuff. Um, he was like, that's what he said. I hope we get the food. And I got, I mean, look, you know what I'm like with food on this podcast. I think we talk about it a million percent too much. Um, we don't talk about it enough. Um, but I am damn excited about Chelsea away. If, if the first game of the season is Chelsea away and we, I don't get that buffet, I'm going to be absolutely devastated. Honestly, Chelsea away is so blooming good. Oh, I covered it with with Villa this season. Villa lost that game. And you know what? It's one of the only times Villa have lost. And I'm like, you know what? I'd have done it all over again. The food was phenomenal. It's out of this world. It's so good. I've, I must have had about four chocolate brownies. I mean, they've got a chef there who explains, like, what goes with what, and this would complement this. And it's oh, just like, you're oh, joking. It's out of this world. It's so, so good. And, like, there's so many Premier League grounds as well. People who, I mean, we're going to sound, I'm going to sound a little bit entitled here. There are clubs in the Championship, and especially League One, League Two, where, let's be honest, the food isn't brilliant. Uh, drinks, I mean, it's either tea or water. Um, in some of these Premier League grounds, they've got they've got fridges just packed for, like you know when you go to the supermarket and you've got a fridge with all the drinks in it, you can just take one. That's on. the best thing. That is like when you walk in and you see like a full fridge of like Fanta, Coke, Sprite, whatever else, Dr Pepper drinks you can imagine, and they're just it's it is just exactly like a shop, isn't it? It's like one of those big fridges. Yeah. And you can just walk up, open the door, take whatever drink you want, and shut it. That is like. I don't know why that's so great, but it is amazing. It's like Fulham away. Fulham away, they had one of them. Yeah, they got them at Fulham, yeah. Um, did they have one at Swansea? They did, didn't they? Swansea? Sw Swansea, my, I, I want Swansea to come up. Yeah, they had one at Swansea, yeah, they did. Swansea was I so want, good for food. I want Swansea to get promoted purely because that, A, it, I mean, I don't care how far away it is, it is a trek. But I tell you what, the people were super nice, the food was brilliant. The press like facilities in general are great. It had a memorable post-match interview with Slavon Bilic, who decided to to just have a chat about the players. Because I mean, in the press room, they got the players all over the wall, like pictures of different players in different times at Swansea. Um, and the view from the press box was brilliant. Is yeah, well, yeah. 
Yeah, we can't get into it. Yeah, I know what you mean in the view from the press box. I like being slightly higher. We're basically Did you like Middlesbrough. That's really I know. I like the Hawthorns, mate. I think that's absolutely perfect. Um, Huddersfield was the same as Swansea on that sort of level. Mm. Um, and not I'm not a massive fan of it. The press at the press conference at Swansea was bloody brilliant though, wasn't it, with Bill Itch? Oh yeah, it's great. Because that's what he's like. He's like a 51-year-old student of the game, isn't he? He's absolutely obsessed with everything football. And he was just sat in his seat, supposed to be answering questions and just looking at pictures of, like, Gilfie Sigurdsson and... Wilfred Bonney. Michael Laudrup and saying, look at that, look at the players they've had. <laughs> it, was, it was great. It was absolutely great. Uh, Beardly Baggy, uh, serious question. Uh, what's up with this from Callum Robinson? And it's a picture of Callum Robinson on his Snapchat story. He's woken up in his kit... Um, I tell you what, we saw it with um, with Villa and Tyrone Mings where he was, he was rocking the kit after promotion. Callum Robinson to me seems like he, he's loving his time at Albion and I know post-match they asked him about it, but for me, if he's if Albion can work out a deal for him, I think you go and do it, you know, I think, he, I think he'd offer you something and in the Premier League he's, he's, he's young, he's, he's still, he'd still offer you a a resell, if that's what you're worried about, and I think he, I think he'd do well. I mean, I do think he would do well as well. It's, I'm a big fan of it, as I say it. I've said that in this podcast. I said it before. I really, really like him as a player. I'd be overjoyed if he signed for Albion next season. I think everything is about balance, and and we're not. I, I don't know how Albion, how much budget, how much budget Albion have got for next season. Look, I've put a bit of a sarky comment on Twitter today because. One national newspaper saying they've got 20 million to spend, another national newspaper saying they're going to spend 20 million on Grady Dean Garner, um, and that's how crazy all the information is at this moment in time. We, apparently, according to one paper, they've got 20 million full stop. According to another paper, they're willing to spend 20 million on just one player. So we are literally swinging from one extreme to the other. But Callum Robinson, I think what we need, I think what first needs to be decided is where where does he play? Hmm. Do you want a player who can play left wing and up front? Do you want a left winger? Do you want a striker? What What is your actual priority? And then where do we stand with Grady Dean Garner? If Bilic in his heart believes Callum Robinson is a left winger, but there's a deal to be done for Grady Dean Garner as well, I, I don't. there's no point in Albion spanking all their cash to have two amazing left wingers. Mm. Um, so these are, the, these are the decisions that have to be made. Um, I'd absolutely love them both to stay. I'd, I'd love for... Callum Robinson to stay and Grady Dean Garner to play up front next season and for Grady Dean Garner to be on the left. Um, but I think that, that those, are the, those are the decisions that have to be made by the head coach, don't they? And, and we've basically seen Callum Robinson up front for one game. Um, he scored a goal, it was a, it was a good goal, but let's be honest, it was put on the plate for him by, Cole, by Dean Garner. Um, I mean, Set up another one as well, to be fair. And he said, I'm not, knock, please, I'm, not, not, I'm, not knocking his perform, I'm not knocking his performance, but... Mm. we've got to get they're not going to have an infinite amount of money they've got to get the right players in so I think there's I just yeah. think there's things to, I think there's things to weigh up before um, it might be the West Ham turn around and say look we're not selling Grady Dean Garner in a million years and if they do that I think Callum Robertson then becomes an absolute key target um, but it's got it's, they've got to balance the squad and they've got to balance their funds so mm. there's a there's it's not a long. It's difficult. It's not a long way to go because it's only, probably only going to be six weeks until the new season. But there are there are things they've got to think about. 
um, before they just... It can't be like a scattergun approach, can it? Oh, definitely not, because we've seen teams do that previously and, and it's not always worked out very well, has it? Um, next one comes from Cal Hayward. Um, now seems like an appropriate moment for Luke Hatfield to provide us with a statement informing the Albion community that will no longer pretend that he isn't a Baggies fan. Good to have you on board, Luke. And he's posted a picture of um, me releasing a party popper. Uh, I haven't in seen the, this in, yet. In the West Brom watch along. If you go onto, if you go onto the replies, you will see it. Uh, I've watched the video back. Um, I was just celebrating covering a club that I enjoy covering. Uh, of course you are, mate. You've already said on this podcast you were... You you didn't you didn't care that Villa lost at Chelsea because the food was so good. So you're basically admitting there that you love food more than you love Villa. I'd say that about everything. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. food more than a lot of things. Food keeps me alive. Oh, it is your eyes, your little face. Ah. <laughs> um, but no, your little I'm, basketball I'm, hoop, hilarious. Yeah, um, there were balloons as well. There were a couple of balloons. I think we better just. I think what people really need to know is that you that essentially Nathan Jude is your boss, isn't he? Yeah. And he didn't tell you to buy balloons, did he? No. He didn't tell you to buy confetti, did he? No. No. So you, that was your decision, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was my decision. Yeah, you wanted to do those things. Yeah. Yeah. That's just. I love covering the club. Because that's the thing. That's all. That's all. That's all I think anyone needs to know, mate. That's all I think anyone needs to know. Yeah, I love covering. You the wanted club. to make it special. I don't love the club, but I love covering it. <clears throat> Whatever, mate. <laughs> Everyone there's, there's knows. There's a great mate. comment underneath. Everyone it. knows. There's a great comment underneath it from Kenson. Although I'd love it to be true, a part of me thinks that he looks like a hostage being forced to perform <laughs> for the Albion ruling dictator Joe Massey. I'm looking for Hidden Cones in the background to say that he's being held captive. <laughs> that is 100 percent true. Joe Massey. Joe Massey's the Albion dictator here. Oh, funny. Uh, Theo asks: Likelihood of Kravinovic, Grady, and Robinson signing. Uh, and is it true Albion have made a bid from Mariki, or is that just a rumour? I tell you what, two days after they go up, and we've already got rumours flying about left, right, and centre. Um, yeah, so I think that I, I look. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I know um, Kravinovic, bless him, put a Instagram post out of a, a whiteboard basically that said we are Premier League. And he put something like this now, smiley face, more tomorrow, smiley face. Um, to which I was told that there's nothing imminent, imminent. Um, so that made, I was like, what is this about? And lo and behold, nothing did emerge tomorrow. Um, so I just got, I, look, I can only tell you about, like, I feel like in many ways this podcast, I said to you on before we recorded it, I feel it's come a little bit too early. Like I, I, a lot of the questions... Um, Everyone asking, I completely understand why you're asking those questions, and they're the, they're, the answer, they're the questions that everyone wants answers to. But it's it's been a slightly too early for me to get those answers and, to, and for those conversations to be had. Genuinely, some of the players are still out partying as we speak, um, and I think a lot of the people involved just want to have a sort of an emotional sort of chill out, calm down before they start like taking phone calls from me and having to like think right. Let's get, let's, it's all about the Premier League now. I think they deserve to enjoy this moment. And I think, as I said earlier, they genuinely need the, the break, um, it, however short it's going to be. So I can only tell you what I think. I think we've covered Callum Robinson. I, I do believe Philip Kravinovich will be an Albion player next season. Um, 
I don't know why, I've just got that feeling. I think he's so happy at the club. They absolutely love him behind the scenes, you know. Mm. Um, I've not really had anything to do with him, but everyone says he's absolutely lovely. Jake Livermore was interviewed and he says he's like the nicest, nicest person, nicest player at the club. People who work at the club just wax lyrical about how nice a person he is. Um, and obviously he gets on so well with Mateus. Um, I think Albion, I'd like to think they'll play three in the middle next season a lot more. Um, they're going to need central midfielders. I don't think you cost the actual earth. I think you could probably no. get in for like six, seven million pounds, which in Premier League terms for a good midfielder is a decent fee. Yeah. Um, so I think I think he'd suit the Premier League as well. I think he might suit it as well. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of reason he 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 wants to play in the Premier League. So I think there's a lot of reasons why everyone can be very optimistic um, that he will be a Premier League player. Um, mm. But this talk of like it's going to happen any day is is isn't true yeah maybe jumping the good slightly um no question from leo watkins he just says a huge thank you for your unrivaled enthusiasm and joy for the job thanks for going on this journey with us all not a problem leo and, and comments like that i mean we absolutely love that don't we joe yeah can i just say on comments I, I don't mean this like my twitter is going absolutely mental um the last couple of days just obviously so much happened with promotion and new kit and this that and the other and I've had loads of messages and loads of messages get lost within messages because there's, there's so many messages. And I'm honestly, like, I will try and get around to everyone at some point. Um, it's just a absolutely, it's just so, it's just, we're just absolutely snowed under in a minute. I've got an eight page supplement coming out on Wednesday in the Express and the Star, plug, plug, plug. Um, so I'm absolutely drowning with that. Um, but yeah, those messages mean the world to us. I've said before, like, I think Matt Wilson was absolutely amazing, an absolutely amazing Al Albion correspondent. So just trying to like follow him and keep it going but I will try and get round to people eventually it's just so busy at the minute mm. uh, Beautifully Baggy when is Luke changing his Twitter profile picture we'll get to that in a little bit don't you worry uh, I don't want this podcast to go out without you having changed it what's that? I don't want this podcast to go out without you having changed it I think we need to wait no we don't need to wait I think we need to wait until we know whether you've got to fulfil your bet well I'll fulfil my bet mate but you, you, your bet's been achieved yeah, but we should do it at the same time. You've got to do it for longer than I have. Yeah, but we should still start at the same time. No, I think you need to do we'll, it. We'll discuss it later. Um, in the podcast, don't worry. Uh, Sophia outlines, we know we need goals. Which strikers are on our list of targets? Joe, have you been, have you been privy to this list of targets? No, I wish I had been. Um, and as soon as I get names and stuff, I will obviously, I'll obviously do stories on that. I think... Again, brighter Cy Samuels on the list. Um, mm. After he he played up front, you know they they played a weird formation QPR the other night. Um, I think it was that that Illis chair easy and a Cy Samuel could basically play wherever they want in a front three. Very fluid, wasn't it? Um, I thought he looked alright up there, but I mean I don't think he's the striker they need necessarily. I think they need someone who's a bit more proven. But look, I think if we're being honest. That is, that is area number one, isn't it? Oh yeah. Um, centre forward is the is the big one. Is where they're probably going to have to invest the most money. Um, stories going around. They like Carlin Grant. I know they like Carlin Grant. Um, he'd be a good signing for me. Mm. Um, but yeah. 
that yeah, we'll, but hopefully things will start to emerge. I think we're going to have a bit of a lull, you know, just to like warn people. Like I think the next two weeks are going to be a bit more, a bit quieter than usual. I think it'll be almost like the, like maybe like the first month after a season finishes, um, and then I think everything will ramp up um, mm. quite quickly. Um, Breaking news. Go on. Premier League shareholders today agreed to start to the 2020-21 Premier League season oh. on the 12th of September. Ah, so it is the 12th, yeah. That's what I thought it was going to be, yeah. Yeah. So it's but about no, six weeks, isn't it? Yeah, it's not... I'll tell you what, it's not far. No, it's not far. It's not far at all. Um, but yeah, there you go. Um, Clint McCormick. Do you get to speak to the players casually much whilst about the Hawthorns or in, are you in different areas both before and during the pandemic? So it is very difficult. I haven't seen any of them in the pandemic. Um, we've had all, everything, everything has been done via Zoom. So there's been absolutely no casual conversation whatsoever because everything's obviously with Zoom and a press officer nearby. Um, Casual conversations obviously can only happen in person and when, like they might happen, you never know, at the training ground, sort of everyone walks in and together and stuff, you might have a little word there. After a game, it's, and I don't, I'm not quite sure why it's called the mixed zone, but it is called the mixed zone. It's basically where players walk out of the ground and where media waits to interview them and you just ask them if they wanted to speak and that's when you can have a chat and bits and bobs then and sort of before interviews and after interviews when you speak to them. But like today, for example, I spoke to Chris Brunt and it was very much like the interviews at 9am. At 9am, Chris Brunt sat down. We were told the interview had started, ask our questions. And then after the last question, that's it. The the, meet, the Zoom conversation's closed mm. and you're gone, aren't you? So there's, yeah. there's none of that just sort of like casual... Because afterwards, you could sometimes say, oh, just like off the record, I mean, yeah, yeah, so-and-so. And, so. and you, just, you, you end up having a little bit of a chat, don't you? You just have a little bit of like, just like you do like with anyone, don't you? Just have a bit of a chat and when you're actually together in person, you might do the interview and then go get a coffee and just stand up on a coffee or something. It's just, everything's a lot more normal in person, isn't it? But then, mm. yeah, just obviously since the pandemic, everything's been on Zoom and it's been a lot more sort of formal. Yeah. Um, Richard Downing how does it feel to be a Premier League reporter and which ground are you looking forward to visiting most I'll let you I'll let you start uh, it feels good it feels good um, yeah it just feels good it feels good I, I'm, I'm quite pleased because um, I've done every I've done every division mm. um, I worked in League 2 with Shrewsbury promotion for that, that season my first season my only season on Shrewsbury and then also in League One, um, should have got promoted in that first season, um, but a bloke called Sean O'Driscoll came in, um, <laughs> who will get a chapter in my book one day, um, and basically ruined it for everybody, and yeah, so that didn't happen by a point in the end, um, all because of a bloke called Sean O'Driscoll, not bitter at all, um, <laughs> and uh, so I went in League One with with. Walsall and then obviously championship with Albion and our Premier League with Albion so yeah I'm, I'm, I've done a bit of non-league as well with Telford and stuff so yeah I'm, I am I am so excited I can't lie 
Um, and the ground you're most looking forward to? I think it is Tottenham, uh, just because I haven't been to the new one. Uh, oh, it's great. And um, it does look absolutely incredible. Um, I'm really looking forward to going to Everton. I know no one will say that, but I haven't been to Goodison Park. Um, so I'm quite excited about that. Um, it, it's slightly different for me because obviously I'm not a dedicated club reporter, although like a lot of my work is with Albion and I'm very much seen um, as like almost the digital Albion guy now, the video guy, the guy who kind of hangs around with the actual Albion reporter. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so That's your speak. claim to fame, you hang around with me. Hello. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so I've, I've actually bounced around, I did some, I've done some Premier League games like you, I've actually covered Warsaw and, and Shrewsbury previously, so I've actually done all leagues, but not quite the same way as you. Um, so I've actually been to the, to the London, the North London Stadium, Spurs Stadium, Tottenham Hotspur Spurs Stadium. Uh, it's great, you'll love it, can't wait to go there again. Uh, but there's a couple I haven't done. I haven't done Old Trafford yet. I haven't done Anfield. I haven't done the Emirates either. Um, I'm quite looking forward to like experiencing a proper derby atmosphere, though. Yeah, I am looking forward to that. I mean, like a proper Black Country derby because I've not actually covered a Black Country derby. This won't be popular, but I am genuinely hoping that Villa stay up. Oh yeah. Um. Me for obvious reasons, but for you, it's a bit surprising. Well, I do love Dean Smith. I do love Dean Smith. I've said that many a time, and that and I do want. I do want the derbies, mate. To be honest, I do really, really, really want the derbies. They're in great shape, Villa. <laughs> what? They're not not in great shape. Uh, they're in good as, as good a shape as you could ask for. When, Two weeks ago, if you'd have said they're in the position now, you wouldn't have believed it. When when all Watford have not got to do is lose four 0 yet they managed to do it. I wouldn't say you're in great shape. Um, but we, I mean, they beat Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe that. Um, but no, I don't, great performance I, as well. Great performance. <laughs> I am, I am, I, I am. I do hope they stay up. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, plenty of great grounds to visit. Um, you baggies, if all the managers in the Prem had a scrap, who'd be the last three standing? I'd put Billich in the last three. Um, I always struggle with these questions. Chris Wilder would be up there. He seems, he seems hard. Yeah, Chris Wilder. He's 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 hard. He is. Um, Dyche is he hard? Oh, Sean Dyche. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 solid. He is. I'm just going to try and go through them all. Jurgen Klopp's not. He's he's not. He's he's a lover, not a fighter. Pep Guardiola. He's, he ain't got a chance. Let's be honest. Um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. No way. Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard could scrap. Yeah. Brendan Rodgers, meh. Yo, Jose, meh. Nuno, not really a fighter. Yeah, I think I think you're right, you know. Deitch. Deitch. Deitch, Wilder. And then uh, and then Bilic for me. I think, I, th- I actually think there's a lot of, I reckon personality-wise, the only person who's similar to Bilic is Klopp. Yeah. I reckon yeah. they're remarkably similar characters, you know. Uh, but a conversation with Slaven Bilic and Jurgen Klopp would be like absolutely amazing. Oh, can you imagine? To be a fly on the wall. To be a fly on the wall with those two would be something else. They, they, I bet they would be like, I bet they could be like best friends, those two. Mm. I bet they could quite pro- easily proper yeah. buzz off each other. They'd be like brilliant, yeah. Sunil Patel, which three teams, playoffs and relegation pending, 
do you think we could finish above next season? Also, does the quality of the pre-match meals improve in the Premier League? It, it improves greatly. So, nil no, greatly. Um, but yeah, which three teams could they finish ahead of? Um, I think any of the promoted teams by the playoffs. And it, yeah, it's really hard to know, isn't it? Because Norwich obviously won the championship last year, didn't they? Um, Sheffield mm. United finished second, and look at Sheffield United, and look at look at Norwich now. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know who, who they could finish above. Because let's be honest, there's a hell of a long way to go. Everyone's going to make signings. All the teams are going to improve, or what? Well, not improve. Well, they're going to try and improve, aren't they? Um, squads are going to change this, that, and the other. All I will say is, I don't think the Premier League's that great. Like, I'm it's outside that top eight teams, outside top seven that, teams. That top eight, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's obviously the quality is obviously from, like, is is obviously much higher in the championship and stuff. And it, it is a, it's a wonderful league. But I think there's a massive, massive, massive gulf between uh, like the, t- the top eight in terms of players and in ter- the quality of player and in terms of obviously the, the financial clout they've got. Um, mm. Obviously, like Burnley are doing amazing, Sheffield United are doing amazing to like get themselves in that mix. Um, but look, Southampton are a decent side, aren't they? They're a decent side. But Newcastle are all right. Palace are. I mean, Palace. Have, how many games have Palace lost in a row? Oh, they're proper on the beach. But I do worry about them because if they lose Zahar as well, Zahar's a big player for him. Yeah, I mean, he'd get a lot of money for him, you'd imagine. But, but Albion, with the squad as it stands now, playing Newcastle with the squad as it stands now, can Albion get a result in that game? Yes. Can they get a result yeah. against Palace? Yes. Can they beat West, like they beat West Ham with a second string? Can they get a result yeah. against Brighton? Yes. Can they get a result against Villa? Yes. No, no, no. Um, I'm not so sure about that. Can they, Withdraw. what for Bournemouth, Norwich? I, it doesn't. It doesn't put any fear into me. I've got to be honest. I mean, I'm, I've got one of the things I'm really looking forward to about working in the Premier League is immersing myself in the Premier League. Like for a long, 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 long time now, um, I've been a football league reporter. I kind of love the football league. I, I do love the Championship. I think it's a fantastic division, um, and my knowledge is is embedded in the, in the football league. I've got to be honest. It's not. It's not in the Premier League. Um, but from what I've seen, if you said to me now, Albion are going to finish 13th next season or Albion are going to finish 18th next season, I don't think there's a lot in between, is there? I don't think it's, I don't think it's like a... I just don't yeah, think... Yeah, that's not a huge leap. It's not a huge leap. I just don't think it's a huge leap. So, I think you've got... I think any team going up has got to be confident um, that they can... That they can give it a real good go, yeah, give it a real, real good go. And I don't, I don't and 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 basically not do a Norwich. I'm not quite sure why Norwich have done so badly. Because they spent no money. They literally, I think they spent about five million quid, if that. Yeah. That's that's where that was where their problem was. They, I mean, I'm all for trusting in the team that gets you up, but you need to add a little bit of quality. Also, I think what you got to remember is with Albion is in Billich, they've got a manager that's seen it and done it all before. Mm. So, I think that's absolutely massive. 
and I've been well, I'm banging on about this supplement, but I've been doing a little Billich profile today. And like, is Manicheri a record? You know, it's absolutely phenomenal. Like, oh, that's yeah, great. It's absolutely great. Like, sixty-five percent win percentage in terms of in charge of Croatia. He managed like sixty-five games or something. Like, his his his, his win percentage in terms of Croatia was amazing. Everyone thinks he didn't have a great spell at Besiktas in Turkey. His win percentage was fifty-one percent. He went to West Ham first season. They got scored. They got the highest ever Premier League points tally. They scored the most. Premier League goals and for the first time in Premier League history they finished with a positive goal difference the second season he was at West Ham they moved to the London Stadium and they finished ninth third season he got sacked when they were in the bottom three granted but you look at what he's done before absolutely he lost his best player in that season as well hadn't he really yeah the yeah, player yeah you look what he's done it's absolutely phenomenal you look at the job he's done at Albion two years to get promoted they told him when he got the job he's done it in a year all right it was not, not the finish we were all expecting. All right, yeah, it should have been a hell of a lot more comfortable than it was. Um, but he got, he's done the job. They are promoted. Um, he got Croatia to the quarterfinals Euro 2008. I, I don't know. I just think, like, he is... I do think his, his record has somewhat gone under the radar, you know. Slightly undervalued. Yeah, I do think he's... Um, his numbers are really good. They're really, really good when you look at them. Mm. Um, and I think that'll be a big, uh, that'll be a huge sort of string in, in Albion's pocket bow, string to Albion's bow, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah. um, whereas like Daniel Farker had never had any experience, had he? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but fingers crossed, I mean, you never know, but like hopefully there'll be, there be, might be a basket case club like Watford again as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple more before we finally wrap up. Um, Mark Hale, is wax lyrical Joseph Massey Starr's most used phrase on the podcast? 100% it is. You love saying that Do phrase. I? I didn't even know I said yeah. it a lot. Yeah, you say you wax lyrical about every player. Oh, there you go. Or about some player. Um, one from Andy Davis, I think we'll finish on. Uh, this is interesting. Um, and it's one which is kind of hard to read, especially like so soon after promotion. I think talking about lie, radio silence from him, China banning Premier League broadcasts where does this leave the future um, with us uh, promotion is such a blessing and we badly needed financially wise with this and Covid but it is an interesting situation that isn't it the way you know Chinese owners and the way that the Premier League is seen in China now um, it is interesting and, and Lai has been noticeably quiet throughout this season he hasn't really we haven't really seen him we haven't really heard from him Um I mean, a dream would be, you know, if he if he does want to sell, he finds a buyer who, who has obviously got the backing behind them to to to, to fund the club and, you know, maybe push Albion on. Um, but we just don't know anything about it, do we? No, we don't. And it's obviously it's, it's the biggest question of all and one that desperately needs answering. And it needs it does. But I'm, I'm, I know I'm passing the buck again, but it does need a bit of time, um, mm. and just a bit of sort of delving and what is going on and and. I'd love to, love to, love to think in the next six weeks I will get the chance to speak to Mark Jenkins, I will get the chance to interview him and I will get to ask him that question. Just just the, the, the simple question, what is going on with the ownership? Um, I think that's the starting point and I think whatever he says from there, it sort of flows from there. And All I can do is, 
I wouldn't. I don't understand this enough, really, to to give an answer. Um, if mm. I'm being honest, um, but all I can do is hope that I get the chance to speak to people who can at least put fans in the picture, because that's certainly what everyone deserves. Because um, it is obviously at the, at the end of the day that is the number one issue. Um, yeah. It is. So it is. Um, right, let's finish strong, Joe. Um, let's talk about this bet. Can we just clarify what the bet was? Yeah, I think we're going to have to. I'm going to be honest. I'm a forgetful person. Oh, yeah, I'm shocking. My memory's abysmal. I think it was the number of points in which Albion get promoted by is the number of days I have to change my profile picture. It was weeks. Weeks? Yeah. Are you mad? No, it was not. It was. It was weeks. It was weeks for you and days for me. No, it wasn't. It was. It was days, man. No, it was weeks. It definitely wasn't. It definitely was. Oh, how many po- how many points were they clear by? Was it four? I don't even know. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I haven't even looked at the table. I just knew Albion finished second. Um, two. Bloody oh, hell. Two points. Um. All right, okay. So I'll tell you what. Two weeks, you've got a picture of your little flag. Okay. It's Friday the 24th. Yeah. So if I change it and then change it back on the 7th, that's two weeks. Perfect. Okay. And the favilla, it was... i still got to be honest, I don't know why I have to do it. Because it's a bet. It wasn't a bet. It was always you all along. And then you just, one day on the podcast, came out of, I, I have to do it. Not quite. So yours was days, apparently. Um, I say apparently because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not 100% on that. Either way... For every point at Aston Villa are clear of relegation, you need to change your profile picture to one of Jack Grealish. Correct? Well, you did say it didn't have to be Grealish because you said it wouldn't be very professional. Oh, I right, do remember okay. you saying that. So what do you want it to be? I, I, what do I want it to be? Yeah, it's got to be Villa related though. It can be Gareth Barry if you want, but in a Villa shirt. I want it to be my two beautiful children like it is now. You're not allowed that. It's not part of the bet. <laughs> I genuinely don't know why I have to do it. I still don't know why I have to do it. You, you have to do it because you have fallen in love with West Bromwich Albion. That is why you have to do it. You, are... you know what the great thing is for you, though? The maximum it can be is three days. The maximum. And it can be zero, can't it? Yeah. So you'd have to just change it. And then before the day's out, change it back. Zero days. All right. All right. See, this is a different. You're putting me in a difficult position there because suddenly I don't want Villa to stay up. It can be Dean Smith. <laughs> I can't have Dean Smith as my profile picture. The man. For a day. The man who. What you can do? I'll tell you what we do. I'll tell you what we do. Someone. Someone. Oh, God, this is painful. It, oh, just, that's what we were going to do. Get people to Photoshop us in the No, but I do. Kids. I'm glad no one did that because I do really want it to be you and your little flag of West Brom. If, so, if you can get me a get me the, make me a picture with a flag like yours and we'll have the same picture, but I'll have a little villa flag. Oh, no, that's so much effort. And I didn't even make that. That was, that was one of our graphics designers did that. It was a, it's a lot of work. What do you want, Mrs. I'll, fo- I'll Photoshop your face onto an Aston Villa player. How about that? Okay. 
Okay. Unless someone else wants to, and if anyone does want to submit a Photoshop picture of me or Massey wearing wearing football kits, and feel free. Um, Twenty people reply to the Baggies broadcast tweet though saying that Joe shouldn't have to do it, but Luke should. I think I should be allowed a reprieve. No. Twenty people is a lot of people, mate. Two hundred. No, oh, I'm not having two hundred. Then I guess you're in trouble. Two hundred, then I'll take care. <laughs> Come on, people. <laughs> Uh, you're never getting 200. Um, and last order of business, unless you've got anything else to add, um, we've got a very special podcast planned. Um, with the season wrapping up, we normally take a break after the season finishes, and we will take a break at some point this summer, um, where me and Joe will, will go maybe a couple of weeks without doing one. Um, but we will be back, don't worry. We're not going to leave you for too long. But we're doing one next week. We're doing a very special promotion party. Podcast. So I know this has been a, a very jovial podcast. We've been talking about promotion. It's great. Um, but next week we've got a very special guest. Do you want to? Do you want to detail that, Joe, or do you want me to just go and say it? Um, well, you know more details than me, but I know Wilson's coming back. My good friend Matt Wilson. Um, uh, Mr. Matthew Ian Wilson. Um, yeah, which is fantastic news. Um, so he's coming back, and then I think you've got some sort of plan for fans' questions or something. Yeah, so uh, normally we just put out a tweet asking for questions. You know, you respond on Twitter, it's all fine. Um, but I want, I want as many voices on this podcast as I can get. Uh, it needs to be a real party. Now, unfortunately, we, we don't have the ability to just welcome people into our homes and, and do that, obviously, with coronavirus. But what I'm going to get people to do is, if you could email me a question via video, it doesn't have to be long, 10 seconds at most. It doesn't have to be long at all. Email me a question on video. Uh, and I'll make sure your voice is on this very podcast. That's what I'm going to do. So, so whether it's a question for me, whether it's a question for Joe, whether it's a question for Matt, or whether it's just a general comment, as long as it's clean and family-friendly, it will feature. Um, so email me your questions via video. I'll put a tweet out getting people um, with my email address, address. But for those who are listening now, it's luke.hatfield at expressandstar.co.uk. Um, email me your question via video. It will feature in the next Promotion Party podcast. Um, and yeah, so you'll, you'll, you'll get to hear your own dulcet tones um, lifting up this podcast uh, because myself and Joe, we don't always do it justice and having you guys on would be an absolute pleasure. So everyone and anyone, if you've got a question, uh, email it to myself. As, as I said, I'll put a tweet out uh, again just to make sure that people know and where they can send it to. Um, but hopefully we've got enough responses um, and we can get some, some, some of your lovely voices on the podcast. Um, but yeah, that just about does it. Make sure you get them sent in, though. We're recording next Wednesday, I believe. Uh, so if you can send them over the weekend or Monday or Tuesday, I'll make sure they feature. But uh, that just about wraps it up for me, Joe, unless you've got anything else. No, no, no. It's all good, mate. It's all good. All good. Are you happy? Are you looking forward to that? Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. It'd be good. It'd be good. Um, I always like it when we've got a guest. I know, yeah, it's better. I feel like people need a break from my voice all the time, so more voices the better, definitely. I love your voice. Oh, very kind. (laughs) (laughs) All right, okay, that just about does it from us. Um, Enjoy it, Albion fans, and we'll be back very, very soon. We'll be back with a promotion party podcast, but until then, bye-bye from me and bye-bye from Mr. Massey. Goodbye.